welcome to Speaking of College. Welcome, it's your source for reliable knowledge. Oh yeah, we got Dr. P as your host. As your host, we gon' tell you what you need to know. Need to know. Need to know. The more you know, the more you grow. The more you grow. The more you know, the more you grow. Grow. Get more knowledge. Knowledge. Welcome to Speaking of College. Speaking of College. Yeah. Welcome to Speaking of College, your source for reliable answers to college-related questions. I'm Amelia Parnell, and I'm glad to have you back for episode two, which is focused on college majors. My guest, Danifu Elston, is an expert when it comes to knowing the steps for completing a college degree. That process usually starts with selecting a major, so I knew Danifu would be the perfect person for this conversation. During the break, I'll give you a suggestion for where to look for help if you experience a financial emergency, and I'll end the show with a really good question about how to find a study group. Now let's get into the show. Welcome back to Speaking of College, your source for reliable answers to college-related questions. I'm your host, Amelia Parnell, and I want to start today's show off with a data point. A 2017 Gallup poll found that 51% of U.S. adults would change one of their educational decisions if they could. And believe it or not, major or field of study is the greatest source of their regret. Now that tells me that the topic I've chosen for today is a timely one. And this one is all about college majors. And I have the perfect guest with me today. It's my friend, Dr. Danifu Elston. Danifu serves as the Chief of Staff and Senior Vice President for Strategy at Complete College America. It's a national nonprofit organization that's focused on strategies to help people complete a college degree. During Danifu's more than 25 years of working in higher education, he has become a nationally recognized champion for students through his work with various governor's offices, statewide organizations, and his most recent leading of a national initiative with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund to focus on college degree completion at historically black colleges and universities and minority-serving institutions. He has on-campus experience as a professional working with students at Purdue Calumet, also known now as Purdue Northwest, Georgia State University and Clark Atlanta University. He has teaching experience also from his faculty appointments and especially those in the area of first year experience courses. And he also is formally trained. He has a PhD in educational studies from Georgia State and an MA in educational leadership and BS in biology from Clark Atlanta University. So I think it's safe to say that if that's not enough, you can ask Danifu about any particular topic in college and he knows a little something. So Danifu, thank you for joining me today and welcome to the show. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. So I want to start this conversation with the same first question that I'm going to ask all my guests. Take us back to when you were about to start your first year of college at your first institution. What were some of the factors that influenced the choice that you made about where to go to college? Yeah, you know, you know, that's a, that's a, it's such a a complex question because, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I I really didn't. I, 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 felt like I was like so many students that we see on campuses nowadays where, uh, you know, their, their mama or daddy caregivers, grandma, auntie, somebody was like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you ain't living here, you yeah. know? And, and to me, that was the whole kind of like, oh, I guess I'll go to college. But I didn't really know where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. And, you know, I definitely wasn't thinking about it related to passion. You know, it just might've been, well, I'm kind of good in this particular area, that particular area. Um, so, you know, so I started off taking some classes while I was in high school at the local community college, Long Beach City College. I'm from the Southern California area. 
uh, ultimately after graduation enrolled in Cal State Long Beach um, and was just overwhelmed, you know what I'm saying, with the size and the scope and, and, and finally ended up transferring to um, my alma mater, Clark Atlanta University, you know, and so that is, you know, that's kind of my path. I feel like I was probably like the headache for some uh, career <laughs> counselor or some admission counselor or student success officers work, but um, I finally found a place that I found to be home and helped me really understand what I wanted to do and how I wanted to utilize higher education to get me there. Mm -hmm. And so I've been thinking a lot about that opening stat and also kind of how we have been conditioned, maybe not even thinking about it, to be early on thinking about goals like a selection of a major or a career or something like that. You know, youngsters have career day at school and they ask that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? But rarely do they say, what do you want to major in when you get in college? And so trying to make that decision, um, you know, at any point is really, really tough. And so uh, for those of you listening, every episode that I have with the guests, I ask them to wear a t-shirt or some other type of item representing the school. And so Dinefa was wearing Clark Atlanta and I have on the University of Massachusetts. And some would say, well, Amelia, what's your connection to, to UMass? Um, this shirt we're all always reminds me of the complexity of choice. And so this shirt came from a visit that I did at the university and had a really great time. And anytime I visit a campus, I try to pick up some type of um, souvenir and I determined I wanted to get a t-shirt. And so I had about 10 minutes to go over to the bookstore on campus and pick a t-shirt, pay for it and get back to the meetings I was in. And so I walked into this big bookstore and I said, I just want to get a t-shirt. And before I knew it, I saw um, large t-shirts, medium t-shirts, small t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, uh, short sleeve t-shirts, dry fit t-shirts, kids t-shirts. And so I got overwhelmed. I could not find my way through the maze of t-shirts well enough to figure out which one I should buy. And so the goal was still the same. I wanted a t-shirt. And before you, you know, before you, you really start laughing, I got to tell you, I left that store without a t-shirt. I said, I, this is too much for me. I'm overwhelmed. I know I want a t-shirt, but I don't know which one I want. I know I want to be comfortable. And so every time I see this t-shirt, it reminds me, and I, I did go back and get a t-shirt. It took me another 30 minutes to pick it out. Yeah, yeah. But I think about what it must be like to be a student trying to pick a major when they know what they want to do. They know what they like, but then they're, you know, just inundated with a bunch of information. Do I choose based on my head? Do I choose based on my heart? Do I choose based on what I like to do, what I should do? And so this conversation I'm just excited about. And um, I got some really good questions for you, Dunifu. So the second one is going to be um, in the section, I would say, let's let's set the stage. Let's talk about the importance of selecting a major. So um, let's get into it. So for many people, a primary goal of attending college is, as, as we pretty much set the stage for, is to complete a degree. In your work at Complete College America, you've seen lots of data about the steps that a person should take to get toward that goal. When, when we're thinking about deciding on a major or uh, what to study, uh, what's the best first step and how should a student go about you know, taking that step? When is the, what's one of the best first steps? First of all, I loved your story about the about the, the deciding about the shirt because I think that's the experience a whole lot of students, you know, most students have. It's just, it's kind of like analysis paralysis. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the, the difficulty in all these choices that you have. And, you know, and I think that, you know, your question is kind of like, what steps should you take in choosing a major? We all know it's important, mm -hmm. but... You know, but it's but I think there's there's kind of this missing piece. And so at Complete College America, we talk a lot about the structures. You know, so you just can't assume that, you know, a, an 18 year old is going to enter into a space and know exactly what they want to do for the rest of their life. You mm -hmm. know, but that's kind of how we we set up the system. It's kind of like come in, here's this look, this this booklet or this or this um, you know, this digital spreadsheet of our 150 majors. 
choose one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what you're about to do for the rest of your life. And, and I don't think most students think about it that way. You know, and so I think, you know, those that are fortunate that may have had um, exposure to some of these majors and the associated careers, I think they have a better alignment, but most students, especially if you're talking about first gen students, low income students, students of color, they don't always know what you can do with these majors. And so mm -hmm. I think the first step has to be making a connection between the major and what you want to do, you know, because yeah. those two things, you know, you can get to what you want to do in a lot of different ways through a lot of different majors. And so if you can make those connections, I think that has to be the first step in the process. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. And before anybody from the University of Massachusetts listens to this episode and thinks, oh my goodness, you know, our, our bookstore needs to be redesigned. The bookstore was set up perfectly for the perfect consumer, which is pretty much everybody. So anybody could go to that bookstore and there's a little something for everybody. Same thing with selection of a major. There are, there are thousands of individuals on a campus with dreams and they are perfectly situated majors to, to go along with those dreams. It's a matter of knowing how to get there. So Danifo, I'm just glad to have you as an expert, you know, on the show. You ready for the next question? Absolutely. All right. So it's hard to talk about college and at some point not talk about the cost of college. So with regard to selecting a major, in what kind of ways can that decision actually directly impact the cost that a student can expect to pay? So so cost is is probably, you know, one of the biggest determinants of, you know, where people choose to go to school, you know, depending on, you know, very few folks you know, parents are just writing a check saying, you know, go where you will. And, you know, mm -hmm. know what I'm saying, find your way. Most folks are really making some very tough decisions. And so back to my previous comment around, around aligning that work between your, your major, as well as your careers or your passion and your sense of purpose. I think that, you know, money always comes into play of, of that, decision. you know, because you don't, I mean, I think there's a few things that that continue to happen in the process. You, you continue to learn, you continue to grow, you know, and you evolve. And, and so that might make you pivot from one thing to another, or maybe it, you know, encourages you to add another degree. And at the same time, you know, you are still stacking up debt. You are mm -hmm. still paying tuition. You know, that extra year of college costs you a lot of money. You know, it's not just tuition and fees, but student loan costs and, and compound interest on those loans. And so I think that, you know, you've got to, number one, be thoughtful about what that pathway is, how you get there in the most, in the most uh, direct and quick way. But then it also boils down to, like, what is it that I need in life? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is it that will help me be, you know, be free, you know, to feel liberated, to feel purposeful and passionate about what I do on a daily basis. And you may look at a wide variety of careers that can get you there. And so I think being able to see and have an understanding of like how this thing, this educational opportunity is going to lead you to that end goal is that's got to be the, the connector between that process. And I think that for a lot of students, especially now, because the world is changing, the jobs that students enter in their, in their first year, will not be the jobs that are available four years, five years, six years from then. So even knowing, you know, is this a job that is available in this area? You know what I'm saying? Is this a job that has high demand? You know, am I thinking about where the ball is or where the ball is going to be? Mm -hmm. And so all those things, I think, you know, makes me think about those folks who, who jumped in computer science when it wasn't a thing, you know what I'm saying? But have had long-term sustainability. 
and, and I'll just kind of say, even as we deal with this, this COVID pandemic environment that we're in, I think that, you know, we've learned a lot about who are essential employers, employees, and, you know, and, uh, and nursing is a highly demand, in-demand field, you know what I'm saying? But am I built for that? You know, and so those are things that I think are really critical questions you have to ask yourself. So they, it's, the, it's the decision, but then it's also the implications from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think one of the first things I learned uh, about halfway through my undergraduate experience was what's called excess hours. And so I had gone through this phase where I chose business administration and then halfway through after my first internship set, said, I don't think I want to major in business anymore and thought that I was going to quickly change my major. And fortunately, I had an advisor that told me exactly how much it was going to cost for me to switch majors from all these excess hours. And so uh, needless to say, I stayed in the degree program that ahead. Uh, but Daniva, what you've, what you've touched on is a really great section for where we're going next after the break, which is going to be um, to build on the foundation. So we talked about why selecting a major is important. It's definitely directly connected to completing a degree. We've talked about what's at stake with the nature of how much it could actually cost. But let's get to the personal side of things. Let's talk a little bit more about what it means to be a someone who's trying to find that balance between head and heart, trying to do the things they think they might love to do, but then do the things they might need to do from a financial standpoint or otherwise. So we're going to go to the break and when we come back, we'll pick up right there. Did you know that many colleges have resources to help students who experience an emergency? I'm sure everyone has had a moment when something unexpected happened and you weren't quite prepared. If that happens to you while you're a college student, you may be able to receive emergency help from your campus. These resources are intended to provide short-term help to address critical needs. But sometimes the details about these resources are a little harder to find. So a good first step is to contact the Office of Financial Aid and ask about emergency aid. Now you know. All right, so welcome back. So we're going to pick up now in the segment I like to call Ask the Expert. And I do have the expert, Dainifu, here. And I'm going to ask you about your tips for actually picking a major. So next question for you is this. Some would suggest that college students follow their interests and choose an area that appeals to what they like. Others on the other side of that debate would suggest that it's better to choose a major with practicality as the first priority and choose a major in which jobs are more plentiful. You touched on some of that earlier before the break. Regardless of whether you go with the practical side of things or whether you go with an area that appeals to what you like, what are a couple of things that every student should consider when they, when they decide to choose their major? I think there are a few things that uh, everyone needs to consider. And, and I still believe that, you know, purpose and passion is always at the forefront of all of it. Um, demand for the jobs is going to be critical. Um, but I also think that, you know, there's a, a few other things that are valuable. And it, it kind of, I think a lot about cultural capital, you know, that idea of who you know and your network. You know, well, on college campuses, you have advisors and career counselors, you know, and most students never show up to talk to these individuals until, you know, something has gone wrong or they're at the end of their process. And I think being able to talk and learn and hear from people who have a little bit more knowledge than you can be a crucial first step. Um, you know, I, you know, I shared in some of, you know, my presentations how I was good in science and, you know, and then I also loved the ocean because I was a California guy. And I was like, oh, those two things match. I should be a marine biologist, you know, and, and then I did an internship and, you know, and it was like the most terrible experience for me in the world. And, and, but it was, I was so grateful 
that I had that opportunity to have that experiential learning because I could then say, okay, you know what? I don't like this part of science. I actually like to, you know, see systems and put these things together. And so I think talking to people, whenever you get a chance to intern or, or be mentored or connect with other people in the field, I think all of those things give you some great guidance into whether this will be something that you could live with. Oh, it's a perfect segue to my next question. So you say something you can live with. I think that I got to ask the obvious question. So these questions get a little bit harder. I probably have the hardest question of all since we have the expert in the hot seat. So let's say you've reached that point. You know, you chose a marine biology, or in my case, you chose business administration, and you did that internship, and you're like, I don't know if this is really for me. For students who have selected a major, but they're just not thriving in it, or maybe they had a change of heart or change of mind, what advice can you offer them about pivoting and possibly choosing a different major if there's a better one out there for them? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, both that question is, is, is kind of late in how you respond to it. Because, you know, if you thought you wanted to do one thing and you are working your hardest and, you know, getting the additional academic support for it and everything else, and it's still just not working out, you know, I'm always with pivot, you know what I'm saying? Pivot as soon as you realize that that's not quite working the way that you thought it would. Um, but I also think that, you know, sometimes it just takes a minute just to kind of reflect, utilize the resources that are around you and try to figure out what makes the most sense. I think there's a precursor to all of this, which is, you know, no one ever, no one wants to hear, um, you know, what's your plan B? You know what I'm saying? No one wants to believe that the thing they, yeah. they decided is going to be that thing forever. But I, you know, I, one of our, one of my colleagues at an institution used some different language and they say, always start off with a parallel path, you know? Wow. And so like, what is something that can help you? So maybe this thing isn't it but this thing might get you there to that same outcome. And I think that those institutions that build those kind of structures where you should think about it. Um, I also think that sometimes it's not changing majors in a dramatic way, but maybe changing kind of broad departments or schools into things that might be a little bit more aligned with the area that you're interested in. And so um, you're trying to prevent from losing credits, you know what I'm saying, and paying that extra money and so trying to find ways that you can still get to that ultimate outcome without completely starting over from scratch and adding layer upon layer of time, credit hours and dollars onto that process. I like that. Kudos to your friend who said a parallel path, because sometimes we can make that change in a major thing seem so dramatic, like almost as though choosing the first major, if you don't like it or doesn't work out, that it's somehow a failure. I think that that leads to my last question or my next to last question for you. Um, so we know that earning college credits and in many instances, um, building those up toward a degree can can increase a person's chance of getting a job. And so in addition to getting that college degree, many employers are sharing that they're also looking to have individuals on their staff who have certain skill sets that are evergreen. In other words, basically abilities that are valuable to any industry or in any work environment. What are some of those skills and how should students work to make sure they have those abilities? And so I guess I should say I'm asking that because I like the idea of a parallel path. So if you've chosen one major and it doesn't really work out for you, you want to pivot to another one, regardless of what you've chosen, there should be some cross-cutting skills and abilities that you've picked up um, throughout your journey so far. What are those skills? What should the person choosing a major be thinking about in terms of abilities in addition to what specific degree program they're, they're going to pursue? Well, I am a, a, a firm proponent of, of getting engaged in as many opportunities as possible. 
especially in uh, you know that especially those activities those organizations those you know those those experiences that are going to allow you to learn something different you know and allow you to kind of or expose you to some things that just may not be your expected strength area but you may find out are really just amazing opportunities you know i told you a story about the marine biology you know i still graduated with a d degree in biology and chemistry i knew in my junior year that I did not want to be a biologist or a chemist. But mm -hmm. at that point I was so far down the line and I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I'm still, I'm, I got decent grades, you know, I'm, I'm on a path to graduate. What other things can I learn? And I think that's why student organizations are critical. You know, I'm, you know, I think about, you know, organizations, you know, my, my fraternity, you know, allowed me to, to learn about public speaking and connecting with people and how do you build your network and counting and e-planning. And I think that those are all the things that ultimately, you know, uh, employers, they want you to have a good GPA. They want to know that you had that stick to itness in a major and finish. But ultimately, they want to know all these other skills, you know, mm -hmm. if you're leading a team, what does that look like? And, you know, can you, can you get in and just have some level of drive to just take a project in an autonomous way and so i don't think those things happen naturally and they don't always necessarily happen in your academic structure and so sometimes it's a it's a compliment you know but i think the co-curricular experiences are absolutely key to activating your social capital um, and really getting a, a way to integrate that career interest to the learnings and the expertise that's going to be required that is lifelong learning, not just that one first job. You really touched on the point that I, I really wanted to emphasize here for anybody who's listening and is looking for some good news. And so we pretty much raised the stakes in the beginning and said, hey, choosing a major is important. You got to think about how you can complete a degree efficiently and maybe with as few excess hours as possible. We talked about the the drama possibly around changing a major and how that could actually be very you know difficult to do, especially if you've invested time already. But I think this is the, the silver lining, you know, that regardless of whether you major in biology or you major in business or architecture or nursing, there are certain skill sets that you're going to pick up along the way. If you're a biologist, you still need communication skills as much as you would if you were an architect or you were a business uh, major. Uh, similar to you, I had gotten so far into my, my program, I couldn't leave either. You know, there's a lot of old misconceptions. And so, you know, people used to kind of talk about the liberal arts, like, oh, what are you going to do with that degree in mm -hmm. English? You know what? Actually, you know what I'm saying? You actually do quite well. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There are a lot of people that are looking for folks that have English degrees. And so all those things I think are absolutely important. Those skill sets, they are transferable in mm -hmm. very unique ways. Yeah, absolutely. I think in this this time right now, um, speaking specifically about the pandemic, we all have had to lean more heavily on some different types of communication. So being able to do that across a lot of different platforms is just, it really is an evergreen skill. So I think I've had you in the, the Ask the Expert section long enough. And so I want to wrap the show up with the question that I'm going to ask everybody. So the first question was, where did you choose to go to school and how did you choose it? Uh, think now to uh, 2020, and let's say you had the opportunity to prepare a backpack for someone who's going to start uh, school at Clark Atlanta University in the next six months. What's something that you would put in a backpack for that student or Long Beach City College, the other school, either one of your, your original colleges? What's something that you would put in the backpack and why? Yeah, I think uh, there are a couple things I would put in the backpack. Um, one is, I think, flexibility. 
you know, because, you know, all of the greatest plans sometimes, you know, end up running into roadblocks. Sometimes you, you run into these kind of, um, these kind of uh, divergent pathways and, you know, and you're trying to figure out whether you should zig or zag. And I think that's part of the, the excitement and the journey. And so being able to be comfortable with, you know what, I'm not locked into this one thing, you know what I'm saying? In a lot of different ways that I can get there. And that's tough, especially for those of us who are, you know, who come from families where culturally, you know, the guidance of the family is very important to your work, you know, and, and to what you're going to do. So you're like, oh, I don't want to disappoint my grandmother. I've been saying since the, you know, eighth grade, I was going to be a this, you know, yeah. but you know what, it, you can still be a successful contributing member to society in a different path, in a different way. So I would say flexibility is one. The other is, um, I would just say grace. You know, give yourself some grace. Give yourself the ability to make mistakes and be okay with that and know that everything is going to be all right. Danifu, I want that backpack, okay? I think that some adults want that backpack with some flexibility and grace in it. So uh, this conversation achieved everything that I had imagined for it. I, I imagine there's somebody who's going to be listening and they're trying to make a decision about their major. And I hope that they listen to this and pick up on your expertise and feel inspired and very much um, encouraged to keep going on the path that they're on. So I have to say thank you for joining me and for anybody who's listening and would like to have part two conversation and reach you, where are you on social media and otherwise? How can somebody reach out to you and ask you a question or two? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm on all social media platforms. You know, um, you can catch me at uh, Dr. Elston on Twitter. So that's D-R-E-L-S-T-O-N at Twitter. And then I'm on LinkedIn uh, under Danifu Elston, D-H-A-N-F-U, Elston, E-L-S-T-O-N. Find me. I'd love to connect with you. Thank you so much, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you. I got to let you go out. So I'm going to start asking a whole another series of questions and people can only listen for so long. So thank you again. Appreciate it. Keep pushing everyone. It's time to ask Dr. P. Ask Dr. P. Ask Dr. P. Get the essence that you need. Today's question is from LaVon in Florida. LaVon asks, Dear Dr. P, how can I find a study group? LaVon, I really like this question, and I have two suggestions for you. The first is to ask a few other students in one of your classes if they'd like to meet sometime to discuss an assignment. If they take you up on your offer and they show up prepared, that's a great start, and perhaps you can continue meeting from time to time. If the students you invite are not very prepared, you don't have to commit to a formal group, and perhaps you can keep them in mind for another time. My second suggestion is that you send a note to the campus librarian and ask if there are any groups that meet regularly, either virtually or in person, for some of the classes that you're currently taking. Sometimes the librarian will help with the reservation for a room in which students can study or help each other with assignments. So the librarian or other library staff may be able to offer you a few options. With both of these suggestions, I want to emphasize the value of making a new connection. And that's a nice plug for episode three where we're going to talk all about college community and how you can start to build your personal and professional networks. If you're listening to this show and you have a question about college, please send me a note at amelia at speakingofcollege.com and I'd be glad to answer and maybe feature your question on a future episode. For now, that brings this episode to a close. I hope today's conversation about college majors helps you select a path that fits your goals and dreams. If you like the show, please consider subscribing, and I'll be back with you and Speaking of College again soon. In the meantime, I hope you have a productive and inspiring day.